Yo, Dead Palette, you familiar with Sword Art Online at all? <laughs> yeah. Let me tell I you. Haven't <laughs> watched, I haven't watched the show. I'm not. Let I'm me not tell you about Homestuck. <laughs> Man, Homestuck doesn't hold a candle to SAO. No. Like, at least Homestuck is, like, interesting. <laughs> it's not something I'm into, but it has stuff. Where head of sword art online is a vacuum where there is no stuff. <laughs> um, the reason I mention it is because uh, over New Year's Eve, I ended up watching a couple episodes with uh, with some friends, and they were just like, "Yeah, yeah, this is what this is like the extent of the anime they have on streaming on Netflix." I'm like, "Okay, fine, we'll give it a shot." And then I just kind of morbid curiosity made me watch like more of them. And now I'm like 12 episodes in and I like, it's like, I can't look away from it because, um, well, I know dot hack and dot hack sign and all the related stuff to that exists. I've never seen them. So this is like my first exposure to anything with that premise of, oh, everybody's stuck in a virtual reality game and you are all literally going to die unless you win the game. I mean, not my first exposure yeah. to that premise, but in anime, I should say. It. So you, like, started watching this at the end of the year? Uh, yeah, pretty much. What a good way to ruin a perfectly fine year. <laughs> you gotta, you you gotta just understand... Had, you, the... you, had it, you had it going fall, going good, and then you just pissed it down your leg at the last moment. <laughs> but, but Dead Palette, look, look, buddy. The thing is, I was sitting around with a bunch of people, and we were all sitting there wondering how the shit this would possibly work. Like... You know, like, I would be more interested to see the people on the outside world trying to get people out of the game. Kayla says uh, she pretended that we ended the year with You Don't Know Jack, which we practically did, really. Because, you know, we, uh... You, uh do you hear that? <laughs> what? The, this ghost typing. Oh! Yeah, I do hear ghost typing. Do you all hear ghost typing? I certainly hear ghost typing. Maybe we should do something about we that. Probably Maybe we that. should mute that. <laughs> we should probably also introduce who we are. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, yes, uh, yes, better. Thank you. Um, so I'm gonna here. Here's the weird thing. Um, David King here, the Lord and Master of all I survey. Over here on my right, my imagined right, is my de facto co-host, Ed Pallet. Hello. And on my imagined left is a disembodied uh, pair of hands on a keyboard, also known as the sous chef of Midnight Marinara, Kayla Berry. Uh, Kayla says, hell, oh, question, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Now, for reasons I don't quite know, or maybe better left unknowing, Kayla cannot talk, but she has agreed to listen and will dictate her, uh, her opinions of this via text. Um... So, we're, I guess at this point, but, but she, I guess she forgot to mute her microphone, but I kind of almost like the mystery typing a little bit. So, uh, I don't know, should we keep the mystery typing so, so people know when she's communicating? I'm, I'm fine either way. You can unmute your microphone if you want, Kayla, just so we can hear your, your spooky typing. She says, nah, it's okay. All right. Well, we'll just trust that you're talking. Along with a bunch of anti-Semitic stuff. God, why are you so racist? <laughs> it, it, that's not racist. 
it's, it's no, bigoted. but you should have seen the stuff she wrote earlier. Oh, I wasn't here for that. <laughs> <laughs> assholes. Yeah, I know. I love you. Saying too. bad things about assholes now. God damn it. Okay. So uh, tonight on a very special, uh, I say with this is the haunted Whoa. edition because we've got an entity with us who can only communicate through the uh, computer. I mean, only through the... I don't like very special episodes. This is a very special episode. This is the one where uh, uh, Kayla gets lost in Walt Disney World, and then it's uh, there's a to-be-continued mode. <laughs> here, here's a quick here's a quick aside before we say what we're doing. Okay. Uh, what's, that, what's that movie that your friend always fucking talks about? The Escape from Tomorrow movie? Oh, uh, Andrew, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, fucking ten minutes into that movie, and I just can't do it. I um, <laughs> it's oh man, it's awful. <laughs> it's like uh, I really. Uh, it's such a cool premise too. Kayla said she saw the whole thing. I've only seen reviews of it. It's not well done. <laughs> it's not well done. It's, it's... <laughs> that's pretty much the perfect summation of everything you need to know about it. Uh, cool I know, idea. I know. It's not uh... well done. <laughs> I know, uh, dead. Uh, I know um, Benson. Matt Benson has gone on record to say uh, that basically, um, uh, Escape from Tomorrow is like David Lynch if David Lynch was dumb. And I'm already not a huge fan of David Lynch, well, so it's go. just <laughs> compounded misery. <laughs> it's a it's a movie where it's just like a family on vacation and then like occasionally someone will have like pure black eyes. It's oh my god. It's like they have an episode. Oh. Just everybody's having an episode. Um uh, okay. So we're looking at a few short stories tonight. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of speaking of which, and this is the last point I'll make about Sword Art Online. Uh <laughs> I was sitting around with people just, just... Let's talk about Metal Gear. Let's... Okay. Your point is made. Let's talk about the stories. Axel World is a better <laughs> anime, by the way. Uh, anyway. Uh, and Kayla says, let's not. Let's just go into the story. So, uh, Short and Shivery, again. Uh, I have a story. You have a story. And Kayla, being the ghost, has a third story that I don't think either of us have read before. But... No, I, I have... Hmm? My, my story is the theater. Oh, I know we've both uh, read that one before. Yeah, and I'm uh, going to go ahead and wear my opinion on my sleeve. Kind of like it. Okay. Yeah. Kind of don't. I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm about the, on the same page with you. There. The end. <laughs> Kayla hasn't heard this one before though, so. Uh... She might be. She might have her own opinions here. Um, the one I'm oh, offering shit. We already tonight. Called her, her opinion now. Huh? We already called her opinion now. God oh. damn it! Oh damn. Well, oh, what's your creepypasta? The my cre- my creepypasta. We are. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, mine is called the couch. I. That's nice and ambiguous. <laughs> yep. We'll call we'll we'll call this the episode. <laughs> Undercooked analysis. The episode. <laughs> and then uh Oh man, that's awful. 
Uh, Kayla just got a couch, actually. I helped her move it in. Couches are a good sort. Like, I've been trying to toy with this idea for a while of, like, you get a used couch and then something weirds inside it, but I just haven't thought of a good thing to put in between the cushions. Oh. One day I'll find it. One day you'll like, find it. The rainbow couch. Like, it could, instead of being a... Instead of being a creepy story, it could be a happy one where it's just like, oh, I ripped it open, and then there was a bunch of mob blood money inside there. It's like, yay. <laughs> and then a bunch of cocaine. That's a very happy story. <laughs> There's uh, it, it, One day. One I'll day. think of something good. One day. Um, and then, uh, well, this is, I won't say too much about the couch, but it, um, <clears throat> keep that premise you were just talking about in mind about, you know, finding interesting things in a couch. Um, the third, and then the third, the optional two third stories we have, um, I'll just leave those till the end because I'm going to flip a coin for which story we'll do. But why don't we start with the theater since you mentioned it first? All right. Uh, I'll just start us off and let's say I read four paragraphs. How about that? All right. Four Before... paragraphs. First blocks. Okay. Have you ever heard of an old game called The Theater? Yeah, I didn't think so. Probably because many say it doesn't even exist. You see, The Theater was an old game released around the same time as Doom. Today, if you ever find it, it's only available on crappy bootleg CD-ROMs, which more often than not, don't actually contain the game. The actual legitimate copies that they say were released back in the day featured a blank cover with nothing but a sprite of what has since been named the Ticket Taker. He is a simple, he's simply a poorly drawn, pixelated, bald, Caucasian man with large red lips wearing a red vest over a white shirt and black pants. He is completely expressionless. Though some say that if you smash the disc, his face is shown as angry the next time you look at the cover. Though this is just dismissed as an urban legend. What is peculiar about the theater, though, is that there is no developer name on the jewel case, nor a game description on the back. It is simply the ticket taker on a white background on both sides. So with the information <laughs> with the information that we have now uh we, we've said it before and this is usually a big downfall just too quick just going right in for the going right in for the creepy stuff and you're just forcing it too much It's like you hear the sound of the of the creepy shotgun being cocked you know just super <laughs> loud Man that's that's making me think about shotguns and shotguns are cool <laughs> and and this isn't a cool thing, but no. the the idea of like lampshading a a ridiculous thing is is good. I like the idea of, but some people dismiss this as an urban legend. <laughs> that would work if it wasn't just so blatantly fucking ridiculous, or if it was written slightly different, like um. Uh, something more subdued than if you smash it, he has an angry face. That I'm, I'm something right that's with not you. so straightforward. That that is. So a if little... it was something a little more uh, offbeat and not as uh, loud and in your face, I think you could lampshade it. You could say something that is 
slightly ridiculous and say, but this is just an urban legend and people don't really believe that. You could, uh, as a way to get the idea out there. You honestly could drop that detail entirely and you wouldn't lose anything. I'm being completely honest. No. No, yeah. And all Kayla has to say about that is, I love the 90s, part (laughs) two. Well, yeah, we all loved the 90s. Uh, should it, shall we move on? Um, I don't think there's a lot more, yeah, much more to be said. It, I think, I think that you know that aside, it's a pretty cool image. Just, I think the idea of just he, here's this shitty pixelated bald Caucasian man who is a very stereotypical, um, oh, what do you call that? The person that is in a movie theater. Uh, person with the flashlight. Usher. Son of a bitch. Usher, there we go. Yeah. It's a good image. I like that. I do, too. Uh, I think it works. Um, Like I said, if it weren't for that one detail, I'd be like, okay, completely sold. And I'm like, I'm willing to give that a pass, you know? I was willing to give it a pass the first time I read it, but that that did uh, give me the impression of, uh, uh, hmm, hmm. Actually, I think when we talked about Pale Luna, when it was you, me, and Nick Nocturne, I had mentioned I had read this story, and I alluded to it, so... Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the game was initially known for its inability to install correctly, a classic sign of most uh, haunted games of some sort. The installation process immediately locks up the computer when the user reaches the licensing agreement. Also strange about the licensing agreement for the theater is that whenever the development studio is supposed to be named, the text is simply a blank line. Anyways, most people who have claimed to owning one of the original CDs say that they figured out how to install the game by simply rebooting their computer on the licensing agreement with the disk still inside. Then they are prompted to press I agree on startup. Then they continue with the installation. If a player supposedly manages to find uh, to what they believe to be a working copy, they have said that the installer window would freeze and stop responding before you can click the first next. But they do also say that their PCs do not lock up and it is only the installer that freezes. It is unknown if these are actual copies or fakes, but it is widely thought that these working copies are just to draw internet attention attention with no proof of the installation effects. Should we pause a moment to talk about that weird little detail? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the game freezing and game crashes thing on uh, install is another one of those sort of, like, haunted gaming tropes, you know? It's like an early sign that something is fundamentally wrong with the program. Or, or with at least the uh, idea. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's based in reality because you deal with those problems. Oh my god, for the past two fucking days, I've been dealing with computer problems. But the idea of the game itself freezing up, the installer freezing up, as opposed to your computer going crazy, mm-hmm. it's less of a, it's less greedy. And I think that that's a point in its favor, that it's not uh, trying to freeze your computer and put a giant virus on it or anything like that, like in Dead Bart. Right. Yeah. That's... So uh, um, I, this this doesn't bother me as much as it does in certain other ones. Still yeah, it doesn't, not great. it doesn't bother me that much either. I just, it's just something I, I had to point out, you know? Um, yeah, uh, this part this part is also uh, boring, and i <laughs> I don't really count that as I don't really count that as 
point against it as much. No, it's I the, think that you need this breathing room in Creepypasta for there to be weird, monotonous little details of of you just trying to recount the facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Um, oh, um, Kayla says, going Nick Nolte crazy? <laughs> I should really chime in as her a little more often. Also, I think she's heard this one before, which is why she's not messaging as much. This is just computer trope. I'm dictating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll okay. just, I'll just chime in after, after when I get a break, when, when, I, when I can say the things I need to say. All right. Um, so you did four. So we'll just do four paragraphs at a time. Uh, I'll go one from here. Okay. Can you do the next two? Yeah. Upon proper installation, the game then starts up without any introduction besides a main menu that is simply a sprite of a movie theater exterior on an empty city street. The title fades in, and then the three-button menu, new game, load, options. Selecting options immediately crashes the game to the desktop. Load is said not to function at all. Even if you have a saved game, nothing happens when you press it. Thus, New game is the only working menu option. Hmm. Once it is selected, you are in the first-person view. You're standing in an empty movie theater lobby, with the exception of the ticket takers standing in front of a dark hallway, which one can only assume leads to the theaters themselves. There's nothing to do but look at the poorly drawn, mostly illegible posters, or approach the ticket taker. Once the movie, once the player moves towards the ticket taker, a very low quality sound clip plays saying, thank you, please enjoy the movie, along with a speech box saying the same thing. When you walk into the hallway and the screen fades to black, you are in the empty lobby. You're back in the empty lobby and you do the exact same thing again and again and again. This sounds like a really early MMO. <laughs> it, it sounds a lot like Dot Hack Sign. Sounds um, a lot like Sword Art Online. Uh, I like the idea of again this these just weird little boring minutia details like uh, the load game not working, but you can save. Mm-hmm. Um, it does beg the question of. Where do you save? Is it like you hit escape key and then you save? Or, yeah. And then the options just crashing it? It's it's uh, weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, it definitely gives it continues to keep the theme going of it's this weird off-kilter computer game that almost no one has ever heard of. Uh, Kayla says, I mean, the story itself so far is techno-computer trope babble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, is pretty much true. Although now we're getting to this detail about the ticket taker and that's that's kind of that's kind of interesting and yeah it does feel kind of doom-esque um i've known people have done fan games of the theater and i always remember seeing them um do the thing where they play the thank you please enjoy the movie but the sound quality is not low quality enough they need to make it worse which is not hard to do no it's not you can modify uh, it to the max um i think that the idea of wandering around the lobby is cool. And, you know, of course, people have made 
uh, fan game of this, but yeah. also just seeing that people are starting to make uh, walking simulators, as, as they call them. It's, it's sort of like a derogatory term towards them, <laughs> but also just like atmosphere games where you're walking around and that in upon itself is the idea mm-hmm. of just exploring this weird little world. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is hitting on that, but it's hitting on it in a different way. Yeah, it's it's weird to think of someone doing this long before, you know, five years ago when when this whole thing kind of came into vogue. The idea of someone making a video game that's not very interactive, uh, you know, in the early '90s or maybe even late '80s is is sort of strange. It is it is strange because part of the reason walking simulators or even walking simulators are even a thing now is because you have the graphical quality to to keep the player interested. They want to go somewhere to see the next vista or to find the next little story nugget. I know some games do this very well. Um, I I'm sure anybody who knows a thing or two about walking simulators knows about uh, Dear Esther. Um, but then there's other games that try and then they just try hard, like uh, like uh, the park, for example. <laughs> Kayla said the same exact thing. Oh, she did. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. The park. <laughs> yeah, immediately, so right awful. before you did. <laughs> and I, I think that that is, um, an, when you're talking about creepypasta, there's this, not not really necessarily in the stories, but in reading them, there's this mood of aloneness. Am I alone in thinking this where it's just like you're alone reading this story and it makes you feel more alone? Yeah, that kind of goes hand in hand with these walking simulator kind of things. I think it's a similar phenomenon. And when you see things like uh, another walking simulator that's very controversial, a lot of people hate this game seemingly for no reason, uh, Gone Home. Gone oh. Home is a game that that does a lot of creepypasta techniques, and I, uh, having seen the ending and, and everything, kind of feel let down that it doesn't go in a creepy direction because it sets up for it so well. Mm-hmm. But it it's using those same effects of all of these details from a specific time and putting you in the setting and letting you be alone there is, mm. uh, I think, really interesting and and fun. Uh, I think people just take that game because it got a bunch of high praise that maybe it <laughs> didn't quite deserve, but I think it's still a cool idea. I've never actually played Gone and, Home. Um, Kayla mentions uh, Let's Go to the Rapture is another example. Um, I've, I've not I've played that one either. But uh, anyway, do you have anything else to say on this part? Not really. Like I said, it's just interesting because... Um, I hadn't even I hadn't really thought about the walking simulator parallel there, but yeah, that's that's actually, that's actually really interesting. Uh, let's see, next two, let's see. Okay. Yep, go for it. Here we go. While this may sound like a really horrible game, <laughs> a number of peculiar things occur as you continue to play it. The number of times that you have to continue into the hall after giving your ticket to the ticket taker before the strange events happen is unknown. Most state that it's completely random, and that could take anywhere from the first playthrough to the 400th. What happens, though, has deeply disturbed some players. The first occurrence is when the player fades back in after walking into the hallway. This time they will notice the ticket taker is completely absent. The player then, without any other options, decides to walk into the dark hallway. 
The sound clip in the text box mentioned previously still plays in the absence of the ticket taker. When the player walks into the hallways, the screen does not fade out. It goes pitch black as they walk deeper into the hall, but the player's footstep sound clip is still playing as they continue to push the up button on their keyboard. Those claiming to have played the original game report to have felt extremely uncomfortable walking down the hallway, anticipating the whole way something horrible happening. Well, eventually the player is unable to move forward. There's nothing for a few moments before a strange sprite that is described as the ticket taker but with a swirl for a face appears and stands before the player. Hmm. Uh, Maybe we should polish off that next paragraph. All right. The original players of the game say their bodies immediately froze up and their stomachs churned they saw when they saw the sprite, which has been appropriately named the Swirly Head Man. Nothing happens as the Swirly Head Man stands before them. Then suddenly a piercing screech plays as the game glitches out. This lasts for a few minutes, with the screeching being continuous. Then the players abruptly return to the lobby with all the sounds and graphics being as they should be. Alright, um, to start off with, first of all, uh, while this is all this is actually fairly effective, um, in my mind, who would leave the computer running for a few minutes while an irritating screech plays in the background? Wouldn't they just shut the program down? Someone would take the time somewhere along the line. I just know that every time uh, my Wii freaked my when I because I, I stream, you know, stuff on my like the Wii. And uh, every time it's freaked out recently and goes, and it seizes up, I don't just, well, usually while watching Sword Art Online, <laughs> I, I just go, oh, fuck, and I immediately go and turn it off instead of waiting for something to happen. So it just happens to be, a, it's just uh, interesting that that comes up right as I'm, you know, dealing with this problem of my poor Nintendo system probably getting older and crapping out on me. <sighs> yeah, those things aren't built too reliably. Well, I mean, older Nintendo Still not systems as bad are, as a 360, but... though. Yeah, well. Uh, but that being Man, said... Man, that was... Huh? That was a debacle. Oh, oh, the Red Ring of Death. The whole Red Ring of Death. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think that this is taking risks and they aren't necessarily paying off. The, the idea of continuing the walk in the black and you keep hearing the sound of footsteps... That's a good idea. Yeah. Of of this game, and it's and it's ambiguous too. It could be just legit glitching out. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know it, exactly it, what you mean. It could be that it's like this creepy, quasi supernatural thing, or it could legitimately just be that the game is broken. Mm-hmm. But and well, as as Kayla says here, this really head man is not a very scary title. And it's not effective. <laughs> yeah, I no. I agree. Um, the thing, the, 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 what I think works, because like, it, it's as I've always said before, it's the whole idea, it's the anticipation of a scare, not the actual scare. Because like, if I'm playing a game like that and I'm walking in darkness for a while and nothing happens, like I can relate to the idea of the anticipation, like, oh fuck, there's going to be a jump scare anytime now. It's going to be a screamer. I just know it's going to be a screamer. So the problem is the swirly head man pops up, there's a few moments where nothing happens, and then the game screeches at you. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I feel like it would be more effective if the game just went, and then immediately dropped you back in the, uh, 
in the uh, theater lobby. Like, it still did a screech, and it freaked it, everything freaked out for a second, but that would be scarier than a swirly head, man. And that's the thing, too, is you don't always need to have a bad guy <laughs> in <laughs> right. these kinds of stories. And so it could just be as simple as having uh, the ticket taker be there, and he takes your ticket, and he's just kind of the steward to the story. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. He's the usher to the story. Yeah. There's all there's. Uh, Kayla is saying. Plus, it's a theater background. There's so much you can do with that. It lends so much to creepiness. I'm like, exactly. I completely agree with you there. Um, she's typing, but we can't hear her. Ooh, mute buttons. Um, what's she gonna say? I bet it's something anti-Semitic or racist. And this story doesn't take as much advantage. Yes, Kayla, I agree. We are, we are, we're, we're still. Working our way through it, but hopefully, you know, hopefully things will pick well, up. We only got four paragraphs left. Oh. And, and I think that there's kind of a miss. I think what Kayla's touching on here is there's a missed opportunity with the uh, movie posters. Mm-hmm. There could be something really weird and interesting to those. But, and, and I think you could tell a more robust story with that. But yep. it's just not being taken advantage of. It's just they are poorly drawn pictures. But what are they poorly drawn pictures of? That would be nice to know. That, yeah, it would. Um, uh, should we continue on? Yeah, let's continue on. Since I did those last uh, couple, why don't you take the next two, yeah. and I'll take the last two. All right. The game continues for normally for the next couple cycles of entering the hallway, with a couple of the original players claiming the swirly hand man would head man would briefly appear and disappear in the corner of the screen as a brisk yelp sound played uh, yelp sound effect played it's goofy's holler then, in g major <laughs> <laughs> then at some point after meeting the swirly head man the player sees the ticket taker pacing back and forth although there's no walking animation the sprite and limbs are completely static so he just hops up and down slightly as a substitute, with his eyes being wide and his mouth open to uh, simulate a worried facial expression. Some players note that the movie posters had been replaced with images of the swirlyhead man, which caused them to immediately turn their character's head away from the poster and approach the ticket taker. Then another, different, low-quality sound clip plays, but the speech box contains nothing but corrupted characters that cause whatever text that would have been in the box to be completely illegible. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's just finish it off. Due to the extremely low quality of the sound, it is debated by players what exactly the ticket taker says at this point, though it is widely agreed that he says, Never reach the other levels. Then the screen fades out once again and returns the player back to the starting point in the lobby. But the ticket taker is gone, and the hallway is blocked, blocked by a large brick wall sprite. Touching the brick wall will immediately crash the game, and that's all there is to it. No one knows what the other levels are or how to gain access to them, nor is it known why the swirlyhead man causes such acute fear in those who have seen him in the game. All the original copies of the theater have been either lost or destroyed. But the creepiest part is the fact that as that all the original players of the game 
claim to occasionally see a brief glimpse of the swirly head man out the corner of their eyes. Bullshit. And Kayla Um, gives us a resounding (laughs) So what do we think of the theater overall? Uh cool concept yeah i like it cool cool concept it's not a good it's not a good story (laughs) no cool concept lackluster execution (laughs) uh yeah i think that the person who wrote this was trying to hit on everything a little bit so it was like oh here's this weird atmosphere and here is uh you know this glitchy game and here is this evil character and this evil character is following you in real life. It's just too much. You could limit it down and it would pare it down quite a bit and it would be more effective. Oh yeah. Um, the biggest bullshit point to me, honestly, is that thing at the end with like, Oh, and sometimes I still see the swirly head, man. I'm like, that's really overtly supernatural at this point. And if you want this and for the context, the story is in and what you're presenting it as it would work so much better if you just didn't have that. Plus the, the detail about the angry ticket taker face. Yeah. You don't need that. No. uh, Yeah. You don't even need the swirly head man or, or a swirly head man substitute. Yeah. Kayla, when you punch it, Kayla's like, when you punch it, of course, when you punch it, because I would punch this game and be like, fuck you. (laughs) You know, that's a good question. Why the fuck would you get mad at this game? Like, I guess maybe because it's a shitty game or something? Maybe you're, maybe you're, Why would uh, you... maybe you're like fishing for YouTube likes and you're one of those people who's like, oh, it's a shitty game. Well, at the end of it, I'm going to do that thing that everybody does and break the game. And then it's uncovered that the game hates you for breaking it. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe the ticket taker is a disgruntled indie developer who gets mad when you're not appreciating their art. <laughs> you don't get it. It's about the atmosphere. I just keep thinking when they mention the brick wall that suddenly we're we're looking at that um, old Windows screensaver of the brick maze. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Kayla but, uh... does because she wrote ha ha ha. <laughs> but yeah um yeah at, at some point i want to do to this what i did to dead bart i think you some should. point i i, I really, like this story yeah i i that's it's not sad it's thing. not good it's i like this story i i i i like it too again i think i like pale luna better than this because it actually executes what this game is kind of trying to, this story is kind of trying to do but more but but better and that's the thing too is it's this story doesn't know where it's going. No. Pale Luna knew where it was going from the moment the author started writing it. Oh yeah. From the moment that they put fingers to keyboard, they knew where the story was going. Mm-hmm. They had it all planned out. This is I have some cool ideas. Let's try and put them in there. And that can work if you're doing something like normal porn is the example that we always go to where you're shotgunning a bunch of ideas and you have a good justification for why you're shotgunning ideas. Mm -hmm. There's not really one here and it's not very cohesive, especially the ending part. Yeah. The ending. I just, I just don't like the ending straight up. Don't like the ending. (laughs) 
but yeah, I think we can, uh, I think we've rendered our judgment on this story. Yeah, pretty much. And I think, uh, I think we're all in accord on this one. So, uh, even Kayla. So, uh, why don't we move on to the, our next presentation for the evening? And we might want to try and blaze through this. It's got a lot of paragraphs, but the thing is they're all really short. So it looks longer than it actually is. Yeah. All right. So this, yeah. again, so I don't think either of you are familiar with this one, right? I read it a million years ago and do not remember anything about it. Okay. Uh, and Kayla's response is no. Okay. So uh, I'll start it Just off. Just read until you're satisfied. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Disclaimer. To the very best of my knowledge, this story is true. I don't expect to convince you. Truth be told, I've had a hard time coming to terms with it myself. Cliché as it may be, I am really, I really am a rational person, and if not for this, I would probably be the most stone-faced atheist you'd ever meet. But after much internal struggle and debate, I've come to the conclusion that there are things in life that simply can't be explained with reason, at least in the form in which we know it. A logic for all the trust we place in it is really nothing more than a candle, all too easily snuffed out. And when it is gone, we are left alone in the dark, and everything we would scoff at by daylight suddenly becomes very believable. Checkmate atheist. <laughs> Checkmatheist. <laughs> Continue on. Kayla says, I now own a couch, and that's it. <laughs> that's her version of the story. All right. Fuck your couch. But yeah, uh, I just want to pause real quick and be like, okay, are, do we feel like, how how do we feel about these first three paragraphs, especially this third one where it gets really, but, but one thing I'll say real quick is, all right, before I wax too melodramatic, here's my story. That's the following paragraph. Uh, yeah, okay, save with the whole wax melodramatic thing. There is no bigger cliche than saying, Cliche as it may be. Oh yeah, that that rubs either. That's gonna be like, oh boy, right at the get go. Uh, and you know, I I just don't like art that really tries to force a political view on you. And like, I I don't know if this is trying to do this. It just seems misguided, like bringing up the con the contentious issue of atheism, like in the first paragraph. And if I rem I remember this clearly, I th I do remember this part the first time I read it. I'm just like, I'm not like offended or upset or disagree or agree. It's just like, is this really where you want to go with this story? <laughs> like, I, I'm like, is this just, is this real? Are you sure this is the decision that you've made here? It's a conscious decision. You, sh you, you, you can renege on this. You don't need to have this part here. You really don't. This is true. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's a little bit rough at the beginning, for sure, but I guess we should get to the meat of the story, though. Yeah, you want me to pick this part up? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Do you read until you're satisfied? I was very... I was ve like, like a uh, uh, Inuyasha fan fiction. Uh, <laughs> I was very young. I was very young, four or five at most before either of my siblings were born. I was, uh, it was just mommy and daddy and me living in our little house in Great Bend, Kansas, 
Very quaint. We were a young family, without much money. And most of our furniture was secondhand. I'm trying to like read this serious, and it's I actually like this part. But now I'm just like, I've cracked myself up with that Inuyasha thing, and I'm trying to hold it back. <laughs> you want to take a moment to like laugh about that? Because that's pretty great. I, that's, what, that's what I'm doing right now. Okay, all right. It was in the middle of the day, summer, hot, boring. I was playing marbles by myself on a thin carpet beside a huge old flower-patterned couch. My mom was down the hall in the kitchen, and my dad was at work. Why I was trying to roll marbles around on the carpet, I don't know. We had a perfectly good linoleum floor, after all. But there I was, swishing the marbles back and forth, happily bouncing them into each other. Then, in my overzealous enthusiasm, I rolled too hard, and my favorite marble, a clear ruby red one, zipped under the dark space, under the couch, and was lost. Um, that's some pretty good, uh, not too much embellished writing, just embellished enough to be interesting, not embellished to the point where it becomes uh, unbelievable and just uh, melodramatic like the beginning was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kayla's saying it definitely takes place before the 80s, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of when marbles were still relatively... Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, maybe he's just in a uh, marble market. Maybe mar marbles are just were just hot shit in Kansas. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the description of... She also says the description of the house. Um, flower pattern couch. Yeah, well, it's an old couch, too, so... That they got secondhand. In fact, they're mentioning they don't have a lot of money. Maybe this is all this kid can do is play with marbles. Um... Stupid poor kid. <laughs> uh, do you want to stop keep being poor? Stop uh, being poor. Of course, yeah, they, I, I was of gonna course say. they would have more kids. <laughs> more kids. Poor, and they would have more kids. Of course, they would. Um, <laughs> uh, I like the description of the flower pattern couch. That's good. Yeah. We need to. We need to understand this couch. We the, do. The, the couch is pivotal to the story. Is the most pivotal. Like Jar Jar Binks. It's important. <laughs> this means something. This is important. Yellow Felagets. Kayla's uh, like, even though we are all poor. That was a very pregnant pause right there. As pregnant as this mother. The economy and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You want to continue? Yeah. Uh, damn it, Dad wasn't home, and he was the only one strong enough to move that huge old couch for me. I'd have to get the marble back myself. I reached my hand under the couch, tentatively at first, then deeper. Encountering no marbles, I pulled my hand out in disappointment. Then, a hand reached out from under the couch back at me. Ooh. I remember that image vividly, and I suspect I always will. It was a slim hand with tapered fingers, a woman's hand. It was gnarled and wrinkled as if aged, and it was a dead black. Not black as in African, black as in dead. Of course, back then, I didn't know that corpses blacken as they decompose, so I didn't know what it that was black typing meant. something racist. <laughs> Now's your chance, Caleb. Oh, She's... it's not racist. Uh -huh. 
She just says, beginning the scares early, I see. Yeah, a little bit. Well, that being said, but I kind of, I kind of like just that. I like that, just this paragraph. Then a hand reached out from under the couch back at me. I'm like, ooh. Like, think about it in context. That would be, that's actually a little bit creepy, and I like it. Yeah, and and we are dealing with uh, these stories being read on, you know, anonymous image boards. That's the context in which this was written. Mm-hmm. So it, it's got to be punchy. So you got to get to the point. Right. So that's that's sort of the downfall with these things is how can you make something? How can you have a build up in a short period of time? And yeah, I guess this isn't doing too bad. Yeah, actually, I think I actually kind of like it. I think it works considering how short the story is. I mean. Maybe describe the way the hand. I feel like the hand would almost be spookier if it wasn't a like dead black hand, you know. Like if it was just a, it was um, just a pale wrinkled hand reaching out from under the couch. I'd say uh, maybe my might as well be a little ambitious. It's kind. Of, this is kind of um, reminding me of a very generic painting of flowers that's like really well made, and it's just like. That this is a very stereotypical horror story, but it's not bad. It's just, yeah, no, it's not bad. I'm like I said, I'm still rolling with it. It works out. Um, yeah, you you should probably continue. All right, the hand reached out to me as far as it could go, which was just up to the wrist. Then it retreated under the couch. Then it emerged again. This time, pushing with it a little crumpled up plastic bag with a logo on it. I didn't recognize recognize it waited as if expecting me to take the bag then when i didn't it pulled the bag back under the couch and was gone okay i got up walked down to the kitchen and told my mommy what had happened why didn't i run screaming or at least run i don't really know all i can say is i was a little kid a hand reaching out from under the couch at me didn't seem like a huge deal um I hadn't yet learned that what was and was not permissible in reality. I had no worldview. I kind of like that touch too, actually. I I fucking love that. I it's I, really good because because we've all dealt with that kind of stuff as as children, where you just have some sort of synapse misfire and you just perceive something to have happened, and then you tell someone else about it, and they're like, "That can't happen," and you're like. Yeah, but my child brain saw it. So, like, even though it's it's a really ambitious image, I can completely believe a child believing that this happened to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It, it's and uh, this weird example that I like to give is I remember a part, a, a time when I was I don't know, like four years old, where I just vividly remember all my limbs falling off. And the TV going to static. And then I just sort of like uh, turned my head and then my limbs were back on. And the weird memory I have, and I I don't think I dreamed it. I think I just like perceived that for a moment. And I think everyone, if they're being honest with themselves, has like something buried in their history somewhere where it was just like, this thing that clearly could not have fucking happened happened to me. I perceived it to happen to me. That's that's. If that makes any sense. No, it makes sense to me because I've had I've had experiences like that too. And Kayla's saying I completely understand that. 
Um, and she's still typing. So while she's typing, we'll, uh, like, I'm trying to think of an experience I had that was very similar, but, oh, here we go. I remember as a kid that my cat rubbed up against me when I woke up with a stuffed up nose. And that's how Kayla starts that. Um, and I was instantly healed. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. I like that. I like I'm that too. Like, what? This, this doesn't make any sense. And then the, I was instantly healed. Yeah. That's, that's some, that's some child bullshit right there. I was just a that's little some kid. bullshit you would believe. Yeah, no, I I would I believe it too. I once I once believed when I was younger that while I was walking with my dad somewhere at night, I saw something under a streetlight in the distance that I perceived to be in my child mind an alien, and then it walked around a corner. And when we went around the same corner where there should have been a dead end, there was nothing there. It was probably just a cat or something, but in my mind, it was very vividly some sort of alien. But yeah, Kayla says I was yeah. just a little kid, and I just assumed the cat healed me. Well, that is a good. That's a that's much nicer and happier than either of the things me and Dead Palette have. Well, that's the thing too. Is this memory I'm reciting? Not really a bad memory. I was just kind of like, hmm, this is this is strange. Aww. Well, I guess hey, Arnold's playing again. All right. Do you want to? Oh my god. The... I think we've brought up like Hey Arnold like three times now on this show. Have we? <laughs> I yeah, it's weird that it keeps coming up because it's not something I normally think about. But anyway, <laughs> do you wanna um, do you wanna take the next few? Starting with uh, yeah, where are we at? Uh, it's right after I had no worldview. Had no worldview. Mom was skeptical but walked me back to the couch and explained how I was probably imagining things. She even reached un her hand under the couch to convince me that nothing was down there. Later, Dad lifted the couch up for me, and the only thing under it was, of course, my missing marble, plus a few more marbles I didn't even remember losing. Oh, yeah, we should probably... The, the plastic bag thing, that's fucking weird. Yeah, that is really weird. We didn't even talk about that part. Like, the hand just kind of pushing something and being like, eh? Eh? Okay, fine. Fuck you, and going back under the couch with it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really uh, good unique image. Yeah, it is. And like the narrator pointed out during that part, that very distinctly remembered the logo, some sort of logo on the bag, which is yeah, saying, "Hey, here's your Chekhov's gun right here." <laughs> yeah, the, I'm. I don't remember where the story goes, but now I'm really curious to see what happens with that. All right. Uh, oh, and then the idea of uh, mom put her hand into the couch and then dad eventually lifted it. That's a very uh, domestic situation of like, uh, we got to wait till dad comes home to lift up the couch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just a uh, you have memories of stuff like that where it's like, I can't do this because that's kind of like the dad thing to do. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's definitely that, that kind of setup. Um, Kayla's saying, I am surprised there was nothing in the bag, or nothing was described in the bag. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's right, they didn't actually describe what was in the bag. We don't know, the kid doesn't know either what's in the bag. So it's probably not a clear plastic yeah. bag. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see where it goes, though. All but right. Anyway, uh, hold on. Holding on. Had a cough. 
but here's the scary part. For years, I remember this. I was even developed. I even developed a weird fantasy of little hand people living under the couch, and I, in my childlike innocence, believed that they would catch me and take me away if I ever reached into their domain again. Then, as I grew older, I wrote the memory off as a dream I had as a child. Cute, but silly. Then, a few years ago, I recounted the story to my mother. She gave me a funny look. She told me she remembered it because, after all, she had been there. She told me that she had remembered coming, me coming to her in the middle of the day and telling her about the hand on the couch, and remember being highly disturbed at my story by my story. Since I was extremely quiet, since I was an extremely quiet, well-behaved child who didn't ever lie. That's bullshit. Kids lie all the fucking time. Yeah, kids are kids are kids are kids. <laughs> Shit kids, yeah. Shit kids are. At uh, least. I want to finish this one off. Go for it. Okay. Then she told me about the couch itself. According to her, she and her dad got got the couch from an estate of an old woman who actually died on it. This was the first time I'd ever heard about this. But sure, but it sure explained why they got rid of the couch within a month of my story. <laughs> there, but he, uh, but here's the part that truly frightens me. Even to this day, the part I have uh, to try so hard to get out of my uh, mind some nights. I remember that bag the hand pushed towards. Uh, remember that bag the hand pushed towards me. I never forgot that logo that was on it. And recently, as in a few years ago, I saw that same logo again, on what looked like the same type of old bag, of bag, at a hardware store. It was a bag full of utility razors. Ooh. Clearly, the hand has been shopping at the same hardware store. <laughs> so, I have a vi- I I have a video coming out where I unintentionally plagiarized this. I'm just now realizing. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really weird. I oh. guess I this was just like in my memory, and now I'm I've took like I've taken the format. And did this did something very similar. <laughs> well, um, I mean, that's that's. Oh, I love it. I I really like this story. I really that's yeah, part of it's good. I, I mean, what is there to say? It's it's, it's, it's effective. It it follows the creepypasta tropes. It it's simple. It's punchy. It does what it needs to do. Uh, Kayla agrees. It's really good. Oh, she she also says I never lied, not at age five at least. Uh, I think that the idea of this story uh, really kind of came out of left field. Uh, I always like the idea of giving children dangerous things. Oh, That's yeah. always a valuable <laughs> thing to have on hand. Uh, you you want to encourage the child to make bad decisions. Yeah. And whenever the child like narrowly escapes making a really bad decision, I like that. I, I like that too. It's like 
I, 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 it's interesting because it's like you, the hand you can you can really it's not sure you're not sure what it intended but you can definitely infer what the hand intended that kid to do with those razors you know mm-hmm. and meanwhile uh caleb actually points out i like that they use an old lady thinking she died because of old age but there is a good chance of something else due to the bag and i hadn't even thought about that we don't know how that old woman yeah. died uh probably wasn't very bloody well not yeah not if they kept the couch but <laughs> um uh, i just felt maybe maybe she was just being the razor blades lead to a good hint though she says and i'm like it, i i don't know if it, it it's definitely something it's definitely a subtext it's something definitely something you can keep in the back of your head in a story like this uh how the old woman died is not necessarily the important part the important part is that this creepy hand of a dead woman came out from under a couch and tried to give a kid razors and that's uh the way it's told is actually pretty effective and i really like it yeah Um, i wasn't uh expecting to be blown away by this one but yeah it's i wasn't expecting it to be perfectly solid i thought it would have more flaws than this but no it's it's uh barring maybe just like the pushiness of the opening yeah uh it's and I and I don't mean to get like hung up on this. I think that is just a weird way to, because the story really doesn't talk about that down the line. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's just it, it's not like stone stone faced atheist isn't really a phrase that people use in the same way that people use the term like God fearing Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If, if it was like. If it used a term like that, then it would be fine, even though that's like a contentious thing because it's just so routine to hear that kind of phrasing. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's just <laughs> why is that there? It's I just fucking weird. The story honestly could have just started off with describing this childhood memory, and we would have been fine. Uh, it it could have started off at the logic part, and I would have liked it. Yeah, because that part is. is a, a little yeah it, it's melodramatic but it's it's well written this still works so i mean yeah. eh. either way yeah yeah i like it would go it's under the stuff. couch again yeah all right so that covers uh our two stories that we put on the table tonight uh but we do have the potential for a third um how are we doing energy wise everybody I'm fine with it. Sweet, as am I. All right, so there are two stories that Kayla has. Kayla says doing okay. And one story is uh, Dot Hack Sign, and the other one is Sword Art Online. <laughs> we don't get Axel World in that one. Um, no. No. Okay, so if I flip heads, we're going to get a. We're going to read. Um, well, actually, we should, we should just probably just read the shorter one, huh? Because I think the the first one that was linked to is a little bit um, longer. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, let's read the shorter one, and then uh, let's flip a coin. Uh, heads, we read the shorter one. Tails, we read the shorter one. And then <laughs> do seditious acts against the government. <laughs> 
Sold. Ready? Yep. Okay. Ah, you can't hear the sound of me flipping the coin, though. So... No, it's... You're just going to have to trust me on this one. Ready? Put it, put it in and post. Okay. There you go. Uh, Heads. Oh, the, here, the, here's that coin flip right there. <laughs> okay, we'll just have to do seditious acts against the government another day. Yeah, we'll just have to do seditious acts against the government another day. All right. The story in question, and Kayla was kind enough to uh, link us to it here, is called Anna. And I've never read this. Uh, now that I'm seeing this, I don't think I've ever read this either. No. All right. Well, let's hope my internet cooperates with me so we can pull the story up. All right, here we go. Okay, um, Kayla, go ahead and start us off. <laughs> You're not, your performance isn't very good. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to have to move on. Kayla responds with, fuck you. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'll, 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 I'll be, I'll be Kayla, I'll be Kayla, I'll, 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 I'll read, I'll be, I am trapped in the internet. Yeah, we, we know. Um, so I mean, there's a reason Kayla You're is the be sous Kayla, chef. Say some racist stuff. She, she is, she is. Um, here's the thing. Kayla is literally my internet girlfriend. Like, she is a girlfriend I met on the internet, and I found out she is actually a being of the internet. We have never actually met in person. She is just only a, a floating set of pixels. Stop fucking foreshadowing the thing I'm doing. <laughs> it's killing me. I'm it so is sorry. literally killing me that I do not have snow, and I know what the word literal means. <laughs> I know you do. Don't die, please. Oh, my God. And then she, of course, mentions, I actually stalked David to find him and make him date me. That's a creepypasta in itself. Anyway... Which we are totally foreshadowing, right? Yeah. Okay, so... Ah, well, uh, I'll start free. it. I'll start it. Uh, Anna. He liked to volunteer in the psych ward of the local hospital. His real job was as a stockbroker, but the stresses got to him sometimes and needed an outlet. In the past, he turned to booze to relieve the pressure, but that had taken him to places he hoped never to visit. Your turn. And those places were opium dens. <laughs> Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't know why it helped him so much uh, to be in the hospital. He didn't particularly like the crazies that they made him work with. In fact, he thought most of them were beyond help. He supposed it was really Anna that kept him coming back. Anna was just a little girl, maybe ten or twelve at most. She shouldn't have really been in the ward for the adults. But in his small, uh, but his small town wasn't really uh, wasn't wealthy enough to have separate housing for minors. He felt sorry for all the kids who had had to bunk with these terminal whack jobs, or he would, if Anna weren't the only child under thirty-five, only one under thirty-five. That just made it sadder. He supposed he felt he he felt a need to protect this little girl from the frightening company she kept. And so he had promised himself to never leave as long as she was there. So he stayed forever because he can. I don't know. Is she always there anyway? Uh, I mean... This is uh, not a very effective way of telling creepypastas because you want them to come from authority. 
mm-hmm. and our narrator is just kind of passive is passive in this and maybe they should be a little more active yeah this is why first person narratives tend to work particularly well in creepypasta because you've got someone coming to you being okay i know what you're thinking this is always the subtext whether they say it or not i know what you're thinking but this story is true and it happened to me here's what happened it's it's a lot like writing a script for porno it's like okay fuck how can i say the same thing that's been said a billion times so whenever you come up with a new way to say, look, I know you don't believe me, and this is going to sound crazy, whenever you think of a new way to say that, good on you. Oh, yeah. And Kayla says this is more of a scary story than a creepypasta. So far, yes, but I'm willing to be shown that there's uh, creepypasta elements here. Uh, we recently were talking about uh, the thing that stalks the fields and how it's sort of like this a weird transitional fossil where it's it starts out like a classical horror story like classical scary story with the uh being told from the first person but i think there are things that make it a creepypasta that pull it into this context of this new kind of horror story so i'm i'm willing to have this story show me this this creepypasta element but as it is right now, I think it's well-written, um, maybe just not fitting our metric for what creepypasta is, though. Right. But that being said, I will, I'm still I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt until we get a little further in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Anna was probably the least screwed-up person in that hospital. She had terrible anxiety any time she left the building. They said if she left, she'd probably die from the shock of it. The only thing that seemed to make her feel better was talking, so he talked to her for hours on end about even the most inane topics. He felt a need to know everything about her, a need that transcended what should probably have been suitable for their relationship. But Anna seemed so happy when he talked to her that he could never bear to leave her for long. The only subject they avoided was her reasons for being in the ward. He felt that if there was a reason, she could tell him in her own time, and that if he pushed her he might break the connection they had had to each other. That's a real nice fear. Yeah. It's a, it's something where we can all sort of relate to that of like having someone in their life who might be mentally fragile and you really don't want to push an issue. Right. Definitely. Um, I, I, I feel like the, the, them, they're touching on the idea that we don't know how old he is, but that he and but you know there there is an under there is an overtone there of like you know and 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 look I'm putting this out there because like you think of people like Lewis Carroll who were like really wonderful guys and just happened to enjoy you know hanging out with young, with young girls not for anything any creepy reason just because he preferred to you know their company that sort of thing it was just the people he liked to hang out with but like you're gonna get a little bit of a vibe of ooh like it's um. What was it? A need that transcended what should probably have been suitable for their relationship? Hmm. And uh, I, I, you can definitely push that in that direction, and that's something that is kind of uh, <laughs> a, a problem in our society is just, what is this adult man doing around this little girl? Right. Obviously, he's fucking evil. Well, that's and that's what that's but what I'm what I'm saying is that's what's working here is that it's going to give people that idea, but 
I get yes. the, but, but we know because we are getting this kind of weird passive outside thing that this guy's this guy's intentions as far from the outset are are nothing but but pure, as far as we can tell. Yeah, and we're both saying this because we're both adult men that work with children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's like we're not we're not weird. Trust us. No. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to get defensive. No. What are you talking about? No. What are you talking about? Uh, no, there's there is sort of you do get that like the weird looks of like what are you doing adult man <laughs> around children uh it's annoying anyway it, it really is uh, their bond has been growing stronger every day their uh, bond had been past tense their bond had been growing stronger every day they were almost close enough to be brother and sister so close that he no longer pretended to be working at the hospital. He quit his volunteering gig and came every day just to be with her. He seemed to even be helping with her anxiety until one day he found her curled up in a ball on her bunk, sobbing quietly to herself. When he asked what her what was wrong, she finally told him why she had been in the hospital. She and her mother had been in a car accident with a drunk driver. Her mother had died as a result, and she had also, she had been, she had had been, she had had to be hospitalized. Hmm. What were we going for there? Can you tell me? Uh, I don't know, but whenever you put had had, it's always a little tricky. Those those words, you know. Oh, yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, she hadn't talked to... Uh, in fact, she'd only started talking around the time he had started uh, at the hospital. Double word. Can't get over that double word. Kayla's is saying it's accidentally typed twice, but I think um, I think it's one of those instances where you can say, "Well, he had had a you know that kind of thing," you know. Yeah. But I it, think it could it, it could just work as she had she had to be hospitalized or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's continue on because I don't think we have enough information about this turning part of the story yet. Yeah, so we're we're at this part. Uh, touched by the idea that he might have been had he might have had some part in Anna's healing, he felt brave enough to ask if ask her if they'd they'd caught the killer. She told him that they hadn't. That was why she couldn't leave. She was so scared he'd come after her. He tried to comfort her. Tell her that a drunk driver wouldn't even remember her, but nothing helped. Finally, in desperation, he promised to kill the driver if he ever managed to get close to her. That got Anna's attention, and though she was shocked at the statement's brutality, it at least got her to stop crying. The rest of the day went normally, but he decided that he would talk to Anna's doctor before he left. But who was driver? <laughs> that's a... Uh... Yeah, I don't know where this is going yet, but that's sort of weird that... Uh, your your mind would jump to that conclusion that the drunk driver would want to kill you. Yeah, because assume because because the drunk driver is making an accident. So I don't. I guess it's believable the idea that this little girl would be confused and not understand mm-hmm. that she's not being attacked, that she yeah. won't continue to be attacked and hunted down. Mm-hmm. Sort of weird. Yeah. Uh, should we continue on? Yeah, or... let's continue. Okay. 
I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like we should. We should. We should get through it and then maybe draw yeah. our conclusions. He hadn't talked to the doctor before, but everyone at the ward knew him, so he felt no qualms about introducing himself. When he asked about Anna, the doctor seemed extremely keen to hear what she had said. Apparently, no one else knew why she was in the ward in the first place. Ju- uh, they just found her wandering. In, uh, found her wandering bloody by the side of the road. Surprised, he told the doctor's Anna's story. He told the doctor Anna's story. At the end, the doctor leaned back in his chair and sighed. Richard, are you seriously... Oh, what are you telling... Uh, what you're telling me is very serious. There isn't anyone named Anna in the ward. You had a nervous breakdown recently, and you've been coming to the hospital for psychiatric sessions. However... You've been getting worse, not better. For the last month, you haven't left the ward. Tell me, Richard, do you remember the last time you were at work? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know how to feel about this. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it yet. Let's let's just let's go. Keep going. Let's, let's just, let's just it finish off. it. Let's just finish it. It was a stupid question. Of course he... No, he'd taken some vacation time off to spend with Anna. How had he forgotten that? But the doctor shook his head. You were forced to take psychiatric leave. You believe you had some sort of traumatic event, one that triggered your breakdown and subsequent hallucinations. From what you just told me, I'm inclined to believe you were responsible for an accident accident while drunk driving. He sat there, frozen in shock. This was impossible. He'd quit drinking right about the time he started at the ward. No. No. He couldn't have. But it was rushing back. The erratic light from the headlights as he swerved. The screeching rubber as he saw them. The one frozen frozen second where he saw the ten-year-old girl screaming from the back seat. He looked back. The doctor wasn't there. Anna was sitting in the doctor's place, saying nothing, just staring at him. He stared back for a second and then had to look down. He felt so guilty. So, so guilty. He had made a promise. Richard picked up the scissors. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, so it's, what is it, what is kind of the pre creepypasta thing were things like the Twilight Zone, because creepypasta, as we've gone over this a million times, is this really ill-defined thing. It's really kind of hard to figure out what it is. Yeah, why I'm so obsessed with it is what what exactly is it. And there are these different elements, and some of those elements clash against each other. Um, I think that a major element of it is this nouveau strange fiction that you would get out of something like uh, The Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone just had this hodgepodge of different ideas that were all kind of just offbeat horror stuff. And just sometimes not even horror, just like weird supernatural bullshit this right. this is more on that strange fiction 
part of the creepypasta spectrum. Definitely. And uh, I kind of like it for its own qualities, but mm, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that twist. I would I would say it's just like I said it, it's it's a it's a it's a decent premise for a ghost story, I would say. It does feel like that, but it... <sighs> Damn it, Kayla. Kayla just took the words right out of my mouth. It feels a bit reaching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like maybe it would be more successful if it was a long-form story, and maybe if it had... Uh, if it was told from the first person. Yeah, although I don't know if it can because I get the impression that, I mean, obviously what they're implying there at the end is like, oh yeah, I made you promise, Emma. Stabby, scissor stabby, right into my own eyes or something, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be uh, impossible to just put you into the hands of, into into the perspective of Richard. Well, I mean, it's you're, happened, you're pretty it's much before. Yeah, you're pretty much already talking from Richard's perspective. Yeah. I think it... it... Kayla just said uh, the scissors can be taken away and uh, keep the first person, and that makes it more creepy possible. I think, yeah, you can take the scissors away, but that's sort of irrelevant if he actually kills himself or not. Yeah. It's just the idea that he is going to kill it. He's going to make that attempt. Oh, yeah, he's like, I remember my promise. He's like, well... A promise is a promise, and that could be a, just that's a good way for the story to end. Leave it a more ambiguous ending as she as Kayla continues. Yes, exactly. You know what? You wouldn't be able to do that unless you specifically stated that it. Well, no, no, you can leave it more ambiguous. They didn't even foreshadow the scissors at all. No, they didn't. The scissors. I don't even know. They didn't. They were. Yeah, just... if they if they told you that the scissors were on the table somehow without you noticing that you were told that, mm-hmm. but you're not. So. Yeah. I mean, it could have been something else too, like a fountain pen. That would be. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, I like the general concept. It is just reaching a bit much. It's not uh, the the wordsmithing isn't the most solid. Right. And it just and we just read a story where it was a relatively simple concept, and it was very well well written for what it was. You know, you're uh-huh. you're taking in this, getting bored. You're you're. No, taking... I'm sorry, I'm not bored. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> it's very late. Not for me. It ain't. I just you know. Fuck California. <laughs> we don't have snow either, though. But we never have snow. Uh, but yeah, I think that coming off of a story that was just word to word, sentence to sentence, really well written this one kind of doesn't hold up on that, and maybe that would be a saving grace if it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a fine, you know what, I, I don't dislike this story, I just feel like it, it could have been, it could have been executed better. Uh, so comparing this to something like the theater, where it was just a flawed execution all the way around, Mm-hmm. I give that one more credit for being more bold. Yeah. This is, this is better, but the other one I like more because it's more bold with what it's trying to do. And then firmly in the, the middle, in the fact that it gets the beats that it needs to get right, we have a story just called The Couch. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah. Um, uh, honestly, you know what? There, there's another story that's like this one called um, The Accident, mm-hmm. where a man named Guy Halverson uh, uh, hit some hit a bicycle a, uh, a cyclist while driving, and oh. you know I, I read this one on my channel, and he just like uh, guns the car, and, and it's a hit and run, and then the twist is a police officer comes to his house and he's like, oh man, I'm going to get arrested. I guess I have to face the music. And the police officer tells him that his son was hit by a hit and run driver. Oh and yeah. So that's, that is this story shorter and it hits those beats more effectively. Definitely. Because it's, it's just, uh, it's really, it really develops his character in a short period of time telling, he's like talking to himself and he's like, Oh, why why did you run? You have the money. You could have defended yourself with a lawyer, but now it's a hit and run and and he's much more conflicted about it and there's a I think in a shorter amount of time a better arc than this story. I and I'd also so. more believable. I'd say so. Yeah, um I mean not to mention Guy Halverson is a very memorable name. It's a very fucking white ass dude name. <laughs> Says, you know, uh, Kayla, Kayla made this uh, point earlier uh, while we were sitting here, and this is especially funny after the two of us read the whole Zola Moon tweets thing, is that uh, we might be the whitest people we know. So I don't know that I'm the whitest person I know. I don't know. Uh, I think we should know, maybe we let Kayla be the judge of who... Kayla, Kayla, who among us... I mean, And by us, I mean, do you enjoy mayo, she asks. No, I actually I have a fierce aversion to it. Oh. Do you watch Full House? <laughs> no, I do not. Uh, Everywhere you look. <laughs> why would I watch Full House? That show's weird. It has adult men around little girls. <laughs> you could always watch uh oh Family Matters. I did watch Family Matters when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, Family Matters. So you're not that white, says Kayla. I think, actually, I think watching Family Matters is a pretty white thing. <laughs> if that's your metric for black. <laughs> uh, She's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I feel like I'm just, an, I feel like I'm just a, a dictator at this point. Not, not like a fascist dictator like i'm dictating everything kayla says remember <laughs> before we before we started this call that thing about mountain dew yeah oh man <laughs> uh i won't go into detail just look it up oh almost as bad as the cosby show now we're not touching that one with a 10-foot pole <laughs> because you know um, but anyway, anyway, I think we, it might be best if we wrap up for the evening. This has been a longer short and shivery than I anticipated, but, uh, before quick, Kayla says some more racist shit or anti-Semitic shit, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we should, uh, we should do plugs real quick. And I actually have a couple I want to throw out there this time, which is unusual. So, uh, recently, or I should say in the last few months, uh, uh, Midnight Marinara got its own, uh, fan forum. Yeah. A couple people got together. Put it together, Orion Moon and Skillfully. I'm gonna shout out to you guys. 
and they talk about um, not just the Midnight Marinara podcast, but Undercooked Analysis, Midnight Snacks, just about anything. Neat little hub, and uh, I've been, you know, seeing them being pretty dedicated to getting it up and off the ground. So if you want to, like, go and be part of further discussion about anything that goes with uh, my my work, uh, Midnight Marinara, Midnight Snacks, Undercooked Analysis, uh, check it out. Uh, it's a, I guess it's just Midnight Marinara. You can just search it, uh, Midnight Marinara. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll put a link. I'll put a link in the description of this uh, for you to find. Um, in addition, in a similar vein, uh, I also encourage people to check out TooSpooky.com, which is our, our friend Slimebeast put that one together. It's sort of his answer to the now defunct uh, Creepypasta Network. And <laughs> and I like snicker, it. Snicker, snicker, snicker. <laughs> and I like it a lot better uh, so far. Um Still small, but growing. And uh, again, if you want to just discuss creepy shenanigans, uh, it's a good place to go. Um, so both of those forums are worth your time. Uh, check them out if you get a chance. Um, anything you want to post where it is to post where to see us next. Oh, that's right. Well, we'll probably be at WonderCon and Long Beach Comic Expo. So if you want to look for me, if you happen to be going to either of those conventions in Southern California, uh, you can look for me and me and Kayla there. Um, <laughs> that's the best plug I can think of. We're looking to do another um, panel somewhere soon. So uh, if that gets off the ground, we'll definitely, we'll definitely let people know when that's happening. So those are my plugs. Uh, DP? Uh, I want everyone to check out my OkCupid profile. Uh, I... <laughs> I really don't have anything to, I, to watch my channel, I guess. Oh. Uh, yeah. What the what the fuck have I been doing? What about your uh, what about your 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 art projects, your shop, your selling oh, shit, right? Uh, that I am. Uh, in the coming time, should I get snow, I should be doing big things on my channel. I'm I'm in, I'm really I'm actually looking forward to that because um go I, watch Cutie there we go there you go but uh, but then and then when hopefully when Valentine's Day rolls around you'll have something to watch from Dead Palette uh, I've been anticipating this one for a while uh yeah there you go that's my plug there you go, go watch Cutie it's good I, Kate, Cutie is good I enjoyed it I enjoyed it a lot it might it's also a slight reworking of a well known creepy pasta but. Definitely yep. more effective. Mm -hmm. uh, CDP by YouTubing Dead Palette Coke. Yep. <laughs> oh, if you want to see, if you want to see your face. Yeah, my face yeah. is out there in your plenty face, of places. Your real face exists without anything hiding it, just in that yeah. one video. Um, yep. Yep. And uh, so there you go. That's that's Kayla's plug. If you want to see his face, be able. <laughs> if you want to see my face, <laughs> she also says you should come to California. And then Kayla says, just Google my name and you can see my face easily. That's her plug. Yes, look at faces. <laughs> I'm ending the recording right there. That is the stupidest place. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BendUNetwork.com.